Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Achtung Momo, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello dear listeners, welcome to Acton Mill special Saturday night edition in the aftermath of this afternoon's predictable 2-1 loss at Blackburn. Joining me to um, chew over the predictability, the, the grim uh, <laughs> outcome of this afternoon's trip to Ewood Park is our Northern correspondent, long time off the show, but big welcome back to John Shipman. Welcome John. Thank you, Nick. Keeping in there, keeping it all. Flop on the road, I've written on my notes here. I didn't see the coverage today, listeners, I actually, and there might be a bit of a point to this, I actually went out, I went out to a non-league game this afternoon, John, because I couldn't face another stream experience sitting in our spare room looking at the stream coming in from Blackburn, but you were able to go there in person. Um, unchanged side from the 11 that um, started against Blackpool, uh, which in itself is probably um, something to discuss, but it sounds like a Pretty tough watch this afternoon. How did you see the game, mate? Yeah, first half was was god awful, Nick. It was. Um, I've spoken to a Blackburn <laughs> supporter as well. I've seen exactly the same thing. It's just an awful half of football. Yeah, and and you know, going straight into the big the big issues, the the Rowett ball and the way we're playing football under him. Um, yeah, at half time, Nick, it was there for the taking. Now, why we have to wait until we're 2-0 down to bring on the likes of Burry and Z German, I mm. do not know. Because at half-time, you bring on Burley, um, Burry, for example, and add a bit of pace, it changes the game. Yeah. But he's, he's so reluctant to do that. And, you know, it's all got to go backwards. It, it, I just found it, it inevitable, as you say. I think you've, you've used that word. And I, I couldn't really see another result the second we want 1-0 down. No, I mean, first half, I mean, I was following it by refreshing my... Twitter feed listeners, which I don't really recommend as a as 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 a form of watching football. Although sometimes maybe it, it reminded me of watching teletext back in the old days, where you just wait for the uh, the, the screen to reload. Um, I was at the football this afternoon at Beckenham, um, and it, there were great acres of time where nothing seemed to be being reported by the Millwall official Twitter feed. So although I'm not seeing it, I'm building a very what sounds like a very accurate impression of loads of nothing going on yeah. in that first we, half. We were, the atmosphere, that word of day was flat, really. The atmosphere was flat. There was nothing coming from them. Um, 
they didn't create any chances of note that I can remember. I long saved one just before half time, actually, in sort of stoppage time before half time. Right, right, um, right. He got down well for a, um, one at a corner. Um, but other than that, I can't recall a chance of note. The phobia had an half chance, I think. It was like the other end. It looked to me like it could have been a pen, but um, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I can't remember too much of, of note in that first half. It was just really flat. I mean, nil-nil at half time. Um, I was actually in the bar when I was I was refreshing my Twitter feed, listeners, and I was actually in the bar getting uh, Graham, who I went with today, a beer. Um, and I saw on there the Sky Sports screen, it showed 1-0. And I thought that was the most um, predictable moment of my afternoon because the actual game I was watching was quite entertaining. But that moment where you go one goal down, 57th minute, the BBC says, according to them, uh, defensive confusion, John. Yeah, it was it's like you're waiting. You like you're waiting for it to come, and um, I mean, I haven't seen any of. I've, I've seen nothing of the game. Uh, not seen any of the goals. So I'm speaking purely by the report from the BBC. But um, it sounds like something that Gary Rower. I was just reading an interview that he had with with News at Den. I think it was where he talked about if the need the need for defensive solidity, and we've looked really really fragile all season and. I don't see it getting better, John, because that sounds like that first goal sounds like a lack of communication. Is that is that fair? For, for yeah, I think it was. So the ten minutes before that, it it remained quite a, a stagnant game. There wasn't a lot going on, um, right. and then it was kind of a speculative punt into the corner, um, which Murray Wallace first of all failed to get his his foot on properly, sort of knocked it into the uh, the attacker's path rather than out of play. Um, and then it was called Keystone Cops defending from that point when the cross comes in and there's an almighty cock-up between the defender who goes through and the keeper who's trying to get hold of it. The sort of cock-up which I don't think Long did a lot wrong today, um, but I don't really see why Bart's been dropped for him, to be quite honest. And I think if Bart's in the um, between the sticks today, then I think that probably doesn't happen. I think Bart puts his name on it or the defender's got the confidence in him to to come and take it. Um, right. But as it happens, it bounces off the fender, off the keeper's face and straight in front of the, the Blackburn player who taps it in. And you almost see the shoulders drop on the players at that point. And, you know, you don't see where the equaliser's coming from. Um, so it was a it was a mistake. Well, it was a collection of mistakes, if we're, if we're entirely honest. Um, and mm-hmm. like you, I don't see... It was such a strong point, our back three for quite a number of years when it was, you know, hutching all there through the, the round at range, John. All through yeah. his all through his tenure, it's been defence, defence, defence. Um, Absolutely, Ballard that seems to be the thing that's gone out the well. window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I can't quite understand why, but they just do look shaky all the all the time. Maybe it's you know Cooper's captain in the side, and he's he's doing fairly well. Um, I'm not seeing lots of individual errors from Cooper, but at the same time, I, I wonder if they need to talk next to him to, you know, galvanise him a little bit and organise him a little bit. And perhaps that was Hutch in the past. Um, maybe that's the sort of thing that's that's missing, but it just doesn't seem to be a lot of structure and cohesion at the back at the minute. No, I mean, 1-0 on 57 minutes. We, we Very swiftly after we're 2-0 down, this is a... A Brereton, who I kind of expected to to be on the score sheet today, two 0 on sixty three minutes. That that again, I'm going purely by the, the BBC report here, John. It says a phobie's skim header falls into the path of Ben Brereton, who slams home. Um, yeah, um, 
I think throughout the afternoon, we resorted to pumping it forward towards a phobie who, for for the good and bad of the phobie, I don't think he's ever claimed to be a target man. Um, and no, that's kind of the job he's being asked to do. Um, I have a, a, a bit of a, a confused look on my face when I look at our, our front line this season. So in previous years, we've yes, we've had the luxury of Jed Wallace, but we've tended to play one in the middle, one and then sort of two either side of them. So almost a three up front with two dropping back when they need to. And now increasing, it looks like one up top on their own. Um, certainly that's what it looked like today. Um, which, you know, if you go away and you get a, get a point, maybe you don't complain about that and it's job well done, but it just, it doesn't create a lot of chances for us. And it changed quite substantially when they, they made the subs and, and went sort of throwing some attack at it. But as I say, why we have to wait until we're 2-0 down to do that? Why we don't make a, a subtle change at half-time and the game was clearly there for the taking? Or address it in the immediate aftermath of going one nil down. I do not know, but waiting for two two nil and bring three players on just straight a desperation for me. It's a repeat story all all of this season that we change it when it. I mean, sometimes we've we've turned two goal deficits around. You can't really plan on doing that um, every single time. But uh, you know, Tyler Bury comes in. I think Vogel Sammer came in. Um, and lo and behold, we bring a creative in. I, I imagine we've changed formation slightly there, John. Uh, we've, we've, yeah. we've, we've turned it, uh, you know, we've got a goal back and suddenly hope is in the air. But um, Yeah, and you I, say I, about coming from two goals behind, we very, very nearly did. Um, there was a couple of chances towards the end, which could have gone another way. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fleming had one where he sort of threw all sorts of shapes at it and just couldn't get get himself around it. But he was you know, yards out. He could have uh, that could have easily gone in. I was really impressed with Burry when he came on actually. Um, and I have been in all the, the cameos that you've made. Um, probably not as good when he started the game, but that's kind of what you get with with a winger. But um, yeah. when he came on, the obvious change was we had an outlet who could run at them, yeah. and he would prepare to take the player on and dance inside the area where they couldn't then put the tackle. Um, tackling on him, and that was what was missing for the first seventy-five minutes. Is someone just to just to have a run at him and show a bit of energy and invention? I take my hat off to all of the fans that drove up there because it would have been driving. I don't think there's any trains going north. Don't know trains going anywhere to be honest. Today, so I take my hat off to those that went up there because, um, as much as as much as you don't want to say it, listeners, this this was a um, could see this coming, you know. This this result is, it's the same repeat story, John, isn't it? This is a, this is a problem, and I think it's going to come back to the manager because he sets a tone. He can make changes. You're you're right at half time. If you know if it's all even, Stevens, you want to press on and win a game in the second half. He, he seems to lack the um, what is what is it? The, the bravery, the confidence. He keeps talking about other people being brave. I don't see it in him. I think he's. Um, I think Nick, he's quite conservative manager I'm put in mind of the um probably going off at a tangent here but the England cricket captain do you remember Joe Root um a few yeah, years ago yeah. was consistently yeah. accused of trying not to lose before he tries to win and yeah. I think that's row it and I think it, it shows itself throughout the team so times when we get a, a throw in on the edge of their box the edge of the opposition box how many times does that end up going back to Jake Cooper and, and Murray Wallace mm-hmm. in our own half because we just mm-hmm. You know, I'm not suggesting we always throw it in at the mixer, but it needs to be an element that it needs to be a chance, of, you know, taking a chance and having a go. And I think it's it's ingrained in the team now that 
first things first is not to lose and then if we can hit something on a from a set piece or on the break then we will do um, and i think it's been like that for a few years i mean the internet is alive with <laughs> with, with uh, accusatory tweets uh listeners you've you've probably seen it yourselves um he, he he seems to have nine lives gary rowett i mean many's the manager would have gone some time ago really uh sometimes somehow he has a knack of pulling out home results i'm thinking blackpool one's the most recent example john because i thought they wouldn't survive that and at the end of the first half against blackpool there were howls for his his head um, we eventually ground out a very flat win at home to Blackpool. Um, lost today. Um, I, I don't think you know fans can really set off to, to Rotherham with any great sense of hope on Wednesday night. It's it, it's shaping up to be another tough week, midweek uh, game at Rotherham, and then the home game against uh, Borough next week. It's looking like it could be a bit um, a bit Liz Trust for him somehow, doesn't it? Yeah. I... I don't know where I stand on Gary Rowett. I really don't because, yeah, the football hasn't been great. Don't get me wrong. And you know, I'm someone who, you know, today was an easy trip, but I'll come down to London every every couple of weeks to watch a home game, and it it yeah. adds up, and it's quite a commitment. And then you get there and you watch a load of dross. It's not a, it's not ideal, but at the same time, he's kept us in the championship for two two and a half years now, and not just well, since he's arrived, but challenged we- the playoffs. Well, this is it. This is since he's arrived in October 2019, took over from Neil Harris. I mean, you know, we we have each season. There might have been one where we weren't quite on it, but we we've contended for the playoff spots. We certainly finished last season because that was one of the last away games that I went to. We, you know, we went to Bournemouth with a sniff, so that's never a bad achievement at Millwall. And also, we've spent money this year by Millwall standards. With the intention of, of, of challenging, but it's it, I think what's strange this year is that the thing that we all thought we could depend on, the, the defence, seems to have turned to mush, doesn't it? That's that's the thing that's really embarrassing us at the moment is is the defensive lack of solidity. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I'm results first and football second. I think, and I don't mind lousy football if we're getting decent results. I do start to look at it after a day and think, well, when was the last time we played an entertaining brand of football? Because it remember. hasn't been that way under <laughs> under Rowett, and it certainly wasn't that way under Harris towards the end either. So not towards the end, no. We, we, we have moments, but um, no, I, I, I take your point. It's, I mean, I, I think there's all there's something in uh, Gary Rowett's philosophy for me is is not to lose a, a Joe Root approach. Um, and unless you're blessed with very high caliber players, that's probably not a bad starting point. But it does it it, it, it does fall apart rather where the defence um, lets you down, and that's that's really what's been happening too much this season. We've got six losses now. Um, you can see this season getting away from us quite quickly if if this trend continues over the next ten game spread up until the World Cup. So. Um, I think he's probably got a while yet. I think they'll give him to the World Cup before any review of his of his long term future takes place. But he's going to be an expensive man to get rid of. I mean, this is another thing fans, you know, throw around, get sacked the manager freely and easily, John. But it's an expensive business. It is, and it's it's not this doom and gloom. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we're going to go down. I, I don't see it. I don't see us being a relegation team. But then you're looking at the, the fixtures. We've got Middlesbrough on Saturday, who are currently mm. third bottom, third from four bottom. points behind us, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, three points, yeah. It comes quite quickly. And this is an expensively assembled and probably expensively paid squad. And if a new manager comes in and doesn't rate off for these players, then 
it's an expensive rebuild job as well. Um, and I'm not. It feels like we've got an awful lot better players than we've had in the last few years. But well, we keep saying that, don't we? That way. We keep saying that on, on on podcasts like this. I think this this is a fairly standard thing that we've got some good players. I think we do. Um, but the players that we thought we could depend on, and by that, to name a few names, I mean the. the Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, and um, whoever's alongside him in defence is Cresswell. Maybe it'll be Hutchinson when he's when he's fit again. Um, defensively, we've looked really, really fragile, and I'm not sure whether that's Gary Rowett's fault particularly, but maybe some players in defence are just reaching the end of the of their line. I don't know. Um, you know, shelf life comes into it, doesn't it? Maybe that's where we're at with the, with the defenders. I watched um, second half of the under twenty ones in in the week. I mean, it wasn't probably wasn't their best performance, but we've got some really good young players coming through. Um, you probably won't blood those youngsters, John, until the season is is maybe out of reach. But um, we do seem to have some good players just behind this rather static looking eleven now that, that starts for us. Yeah, I don't. I don't doubt it, and you know we don't want to overreact because we're what 10, 10, 12 games in, and we are mm. typically a, you know we do better in the second half of the season. So I don't want to hit any any panic buttons. Um, it's Millwall, John. We always, we've won big panic buttons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a drama out of the crisis. <laughs> it's. I just. I think it was the inevitability, as you said today, Nick. I just, yeah. It was. It was always going to be that way this afternoon, um, and I think if we don't make the defensive cut cut that we make for the first goal, arguably the first goal never comes and we bore out a nil-nil draw and then we're having a very different conversation. It's decent away point at Blackburn today. Yeah. Um, so it's individual errors as well, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was more the predictability that once that first goal got wet in, we were never going to get back into it. Although we did give ourselves a chance um, when all the subs were made and, and we were going at them for the last 15 minutes. Midweek trip looms to Rotherham, who are one point in front of us. They're sitting in 11th position on 14 points. Mill now 16th um, on 13. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that's that's uh, that's the proverbial tough away trip in midweek, isn't it, Rotherham? And then Middlesbrough at home next Saturday. As ever, we I think I find we say this a lot with Gary Rowett, Johnny could use a win, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. He could. And, you know, Rotherham... It... It's winnable, certainly. Um, yeah. Albeit, you know, I, I seem to remember back in the um, Kale Harris, um, I feel era that promotion season, we gave Rotherham a, a hiding at home four one, if memory serves. Yeah. And we've been struggling to get anything out of them since. So uh, <laughs> yeah, almost as if we cashed in our chips that day. Um, so it's a winnable game, but a little bit of a, a difficult team to come up against. But I'd I'd be putting a lot of stock on that middle to a game at home. It's a home game. Yeah. Um decent chance to to play about with the side a little bit against the team, bang out the fold. Um if we can win that one and put a bit of daylight between us and then then I think things look a little bit rosier. Gary Rowett can unleash his attacking instincts, which uh, would be nice if we could just see start Burry. Give Burry a try. Stop <laughs> He's got to do I don't know what you've got to do to, to get him that side. It's He's obviously the thing that's missing in terms of a bit of pace. I don't see another candidate to provide that. Um, well, even if you don't start him, play him earlier on, at least give him more give than him 15 off, minutes yeah, chasing a, a 2 0 deficit. Um, 
There we are, football managers. Who, who who can get their heads around them, listeners? I don't know. Absolutely. I'll have a go. John, I want to say thank you. Well done for going today. Well done to everyone who went to, to Blackburn this afternoon. A difficult day. Um, poor result. Let's hope for better in midweek. Big thank you, John Shipman. Thanks, Nick. Achtung, Mailball. Hello. Hi, Nick. John Rankin just calling in after the uh, defeat at Blackburn. I mean, as a reaction to that, such a shame, really, because I was encouraged by the way Millwall played in the first half. There was a bit of bite about our defence. Uh, someone went in really heavily in the opening few seconds on Bereton Diaz um, and, and, you know, left their mark on him. George Honeyman was very aggressive in the midfield and uh, putting some really good challenges about. And I think we held our own away from home. Um, and it looked good. I was quite pleased. Uh, didn't create a lot of chances. And Blackburn had something like 65% possession or something ridiculous. So I thought, well, you know, it's going to be one of those games where perhaps we can nick a win. Uh, which you've got to be happy with um, all, all the way up there. But unfortunately, the second half was, um, again, defensive mistakes. Uh, the first goal, I think it was a corner. Should have defended that a lot better. Um, I think Benicophobia was at the near post and kind of flicked it on and Burton Diaz came in and just poached it in front of George Honeyman. Central defenders completely absent. And then the second goal was just a calamity. I mean, George Long, who I think played well, had the ball covered. It was a shot. He was going down to um, to just gather it up. And Chris, you know, do these defenders not talk to each other? Cresswell came in and just levered it into George Long. It bounced off his chest. And um, I think, again, it was maybe Burton Diaz or one of them just side-footed into the net. You cannot expect to win games at home or away if you do stuff like that it's just i don't know what it is i'm completely baffled by it to to just switch off in moments like that and uh create you know schoolboy errors it's just beyond me anyway as the game progressed uh we scored a good goal with jake cooper and i think the players you know did as well as they could do that's my feeling about it are they playing for Rowett? And is Rowett setting them up? I've got to say, this obsession, you know, setting them up properly. To me, as a know-nothing Millwall supporter, this obsession with wing-backs is absolutely killing us. You can see we give away so much possession. We do not retain the ball. And the midfield is just so weak for us. Poor old Billy Mitchell and George Honeyman are running around like... You know, the proverbial blue-ass flies just trying to win something um, because the midfield is so light. We need to drop this obsession with wing-backs. Um, we got players capable of going out wide and crossing the ball. Tyler Bury, you know, set up the lovely goal for us with Jake Cooper. There's so much potential there. Zian Fleming must be so incredibly frustrated because, you know, he's not getting enough ball through to him. In the second half, he did exactly what I've been wanting to see a, 
a number 10 dirt mill where we picked the ball up in the centre circle and went slicing through, you know, got up to the edge of the box and tried to play a ball through. There is so much potential in this team and I just don't know what's going wrong. So over and out, uh, incredibly frustrated, but uh, come on your lines. Achtung, Mehlball. Good morning, dear listeners. Huge thank you last night to John Shipman for joining me in the aftermath of that disappointing, very, very disappointing loss at Blackburn. Um, got a chance Sunday morning to have a quick look at the goals from yesterday. Um, as I said in the conversation with John, I wasn't there, so this is my first chance to review the uh, the sloppiness for the first goal. I don't use the word sloppiness lightly because um, the player at fault, in my opinion, looking at the uh, the footage here is it begins with Murray Wallace not not connecting with a, a long ball forwards. The Blackburn, Blackburn player jinks into the box. And then there's uh, Keystone Cops defending a number of Mill players, really. Everyone getting each other's way in, in the six-yard box. It falls to Blackburn's Dolan, who has a simple task to slam it in. Very, very avoidable goal. Very sloppy and uh, typical, really, of the defence all, all season, in, in fairness. That's then very swiftly followed up by, well, it was a good shot on goal just immediately after that, batted away quite well by George Long. Um, but the second goal comes from a corner, another very avoidable concede, really. So it's a corner in and uh, Benicophobi does what he doesn't do <laughs> at the opposite end, which is to get a good flick header onto it, but puts it in the path of Brereton Diaz, who has no problem at the far post. Um, we do get a decent something back in the game. This is a ball that falls uh, from a free kick to Tyler Bury, puts a decent cross in for Jake Cooper to head home. Uh, and then there's a late, late chance for uh, the falls to to uh, Zian Fleming, who couldn't quite get his body onto it, as John mentioned in, in the conversation. Um, so all in all, yet another hugely disappointing loss, away loss. Um, I've just seen a a tweet from Jake Sanders forwarded to me. Um, Jake Cooper becomes the first Millwall player to score in an away league match for 161 days since Benicophobia against Birmingham. This this is a major problem. Um, it comes back to the manager, listeners um, reading the online comment. Had a, a, a interesting um, direct message from Kevin Fuller. Huge thank you to, to Kevin. He makes a, an interesting point, I felt. He's listened to... One of our recent shows, but it applies probably to yesterday's performance. Not that I saw it, so, you know, take that with a pinch of salt, listeners. Um, he's talking about the back five. He says, at home, we should be playing a back three, if that makes sense. When we lose possession, we should be tucking our wing backs into midfield to provide a defensive screen higher up the field. Instead, all of our five, this is at home, Kevin saying, are falling back and allowing teams to run through our midfield. We are playing five like a four at the back, if that makes sense. If we had a four and we lost possession, it's fine for the backs to fall back as you have more players in midfield. I think the problem is Gary has surrounded himself with defenders, but all the defenders have played in a back four for most of their playing careers. Therefore, I think they're playing a back five in a classic four-manager manner. I hope that makes sense. It kind of does make sense when you reread it back. I hope it makes sense having reread it. Kev, a major problem. Um, it comes back to the manager, listeners um, reading the online comment post. You know the the uh, the, the club posted the official full time score. The the comment after the uh, leading off of that tweet is just gives you a sample. You can find it everywhere online at the moment. The fuck off row it says. 
Matt Webb, why are we not starting games as we finish, says Adam Coyne. Uh, why is Tyler not starting? Very good question. Um, because he was the, the creative outlet that did, did produce the goal when we, for what little we did get out of the game. Um, same shit every day, says Dan. Um, Scott Malone's post about positivity comes back to haunt him. Charlie, Charlie Hubs posts that. Um, Jim Grogan makes a good point. We have one of the best squads we've had in years. Uh, and under, we're underperforming massively. This stops at the management, surely. Um, I think you're right there, Jim. Um, I think we do have a decent squad going forwards. I don't like the look of our defence. I think I think the, the signings were um, obviously attractive um, up front. Zian Fleming looks looks the part. And, you know, I've got our own homegrown Tyler Bury. But defensively, just what, looking at all the goals this season, when you watch all the games back, um, whether we win or whether we lose, it's it's the defence that's the issue. Um, I don't think it's going to make any difference, to be honest. George Long showed one or two good saves yesterday from the, the, the two-minute package that you get on YouTube. Um, I've decided I'm not going to pay for the Mill TV business. So whatever I see for games that I don't go, it's now going to be YouTube or nothing. But that's a different point. Um, but he made some decent saves. Whether any better than, than Bart Bielkowski... Don't know, don't know, possibly, possibly not, debatable. But that's not where the problem's lying. The problem is lying in the poor defensive mindset of the, the back line. But also, though, the, uh, the, the the forwards. I mean, the second goal yesterday was down to Benekafobi not doing his job as a striker. You, you you put him on the near post to get the ball going in the opposite direction to the way that he sent it. He put in a brilliant header. If it had been up at the other end, that would have been a wonderful header. But... Uh, as it was, that made it 2 0 on game set and match, really, for, for Blackburn. Row it out, says Bermondsey Bill. Um, and so it goes on. So it goes on. Um, you can find it yourself online. I think a very difficult game looms at, at Rotherham. If we don't get anything out of that on Wednesday night, and I can't see it, can you, listeners? I can't see much at the moment. Um, it makes for a tough, tough home gig versus Middlesbrough next Saturday. Um, Changing the management is going to be very, very expensive. But at the moment, it's very hard to see much in this season other than, um, at best, at best, a mid to lower table finish. We'll do well to achieve that at the minute because we're just not showing the defensive capability, certainly away from home and from what we've all seen at the Den this season at home. Anyway, there we are. I just wanted to uh, cap off the uh, interview with John yesterday and the uh, the voicemail from John Rankin. Huge thank you to John. Please do send me your voicemails, listeners. Always, It's always good to hear stuff, and we can use it on the show if you want. So uh, if you want to uh, send me a voicemail, get in touch via Twitter, and I'll give you my mobile phone number. Any road, there we are. Until midweek, listeners, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. And Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. 
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.